is the Go Blue Crew. Welcome into the Go Blue Crew. I'm Tyler Fenwick with Derek Devine. I was told uh, to kick it to you, Derek, right away. So without further ado, the floor is yours. Yeah, I just wanted to take this time to announce that it's the beginning of Tyler's birthday week. That it is. Thank you, Derek, for bringing that up. My birthday is August 16th. That's next Wednesday. We're recording this on Thursday. Uh, So I'm doing the seven days leading up to my birthday as my birthday week. I didn't have to. I could have picked kind of any seven-day span, but um, it just made sense to me to, to cap the birthday week with my actual birthday rather than trying to place it into the middle And I definitely wasn't going to wait until the 16th to start my birthday week because I'm very impatient. But thank you for bringing that up. I'll be 28. That's an incredible age. I remember back in the day when I was 28. Back back then? Had Obama been elected yet? Uh, Yeah, you know, he had. In in fact, the country is in a very weird place when I was 28. (laughs) What year did you turn 28? Well, three years ago, so I guess it would have been technically the pandemic. Ah, yeah. Literally, Um, I think my birthday was the first day that year, my 28th birthday, was the first day that restaurants stopped dining in person. I think I remember that. I believe it might have fallen on like a Monday or something, and we were going to go sushi for my birthday and we still ate sushi but we had to eat it at home because the restaurant was not allowing anybody to sit down and you know my birthday always falls around either the big 10 tournament or the start of march madness if not both and a lot of cancellation so it was a sad start to 28 and you know what not all that great of a 28 in general if you consider that that year for me was the thick of the pandemic so uh, a much better 28 coming your way i'm sure I'm sure too. It's a little different show today because it won't be specific to Michigan. Instead, we're going to talk about conference realignment and we're going to look at some week zero games coming up on August 26th. But uh, first I need to address what I'm going to consider the elephant in the room here, which is that I sound different. I live with a woman. Actually, I live with a wife (laughs) who has moved my stuff to a place I can't find it. So I had to dig out this microphone. Wait, 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 wait a minute. First off, I think you sound okay. I thought you were like making a mistake by going with woman and then changing it to wife. But then the way you ratted out your wife, you probably should have stuck with woman, to be honest. I had that planned for a little bit, to be honest. A little joke, but that's the truth. My stuff has moved. I'm assuming it didn't get up and walk away. I didn't move it. That leaves one possibility in this house of two people. You know, she That's might I'm saying. say, I, I've been in conversations, you know, with my wife where it's like, are you sure it didn't just wander off? It's like, I think sometimes the the wife of the, the household could, could think that some of these technolo- technological things could just, you know, grow legs and walk off. Like today, I'm, I was scrambling to find my AirPods so I could hear you just like i asked where are they at you know maybe they wandered off 95 percent sure that's not what happened to my microphone but anyway conference realignment derek i'm gonna run through this 
uh, because it is super confusing. And I had to spend quite a bit of time just actually researching this so I could have it all right. These are the new Big Ten members as of 2024. We knew about USC and UCLA. Now there's Oregon, Washington. Um, new Big 12 members, Colorado, Utah, Arizona State, Arizona. Also Houston, and that's as of 2024, Houston, Cincinnati, UCF, and BYU were joining uh, effective this season. And then in the SEC, uh, as of 2024, Texas and Oklahoma, which those are the two schools that move from the Big 12 to the SEC, kick-started what I think we can call just like the most recent wave of conference realignment. I run through all that, and before we talk about what this means for the Michigan, the Big Ten, just what's your impression of hearing all those names now affiliated with conferences, and it sounds weird, probably sounds wrong, but what do you think about all that? For some reason, the Oklahoma, Texas, to the SEC, which, like you said, started this off, sounds the weirdest to me. And still? Still, honestly, yes. Like, I think because it was almost a shock in the sense that it was new and it did kind of, you know, it's just like everything that's changed, changed in the landscape of sports, especially college football, you know, bigger playoff, NIL, um, the way NIL is done, you know, paying for players. So it, it felt weird when Texas and Oklahoma made that announcement to where it, it almost like normalized it by the time, you know, USC and UCLA got to the Big Ten. And then, you know, when you add Oregon and Washington, it's almost like a, okay, well, that makes sense because the Pac-12 is obviously dissolving. So I, I don't think any of it's like normal seeming. I think it's all super odd. Um, I think college football is got a big hold on all of the rest of college sports. Uh, I'm trying to think of who the coach even was that was like, think about the softball players. Think about, you know, all of the the, the teams that don't, you know, kind of have the the private plane per se. Um, I want to say that was a, an SEC coach, but I can't remember who. Missouri, maybe. I think it was Missouri. Also might just not know who that coach is, to be honest, because I'm not, you know, I'm not in the That's depth of the – SEC, uh, you know, average teams, no offense to Mizzou, but yeah, I mean, it's, it just kind of, I guess mentally I've adapted really fast. Like I'm actually shocked that um, the big Ten's not bigger. And the weirdest thing to me is they put all of the stock into putting out a potential schedule for 24 and 25. And it's like, Hey, you just added two more schools. Like what, what does that mean for that? college football schedule you put out and you know the protected games and and are you going to do that again before you you know potentially grow again do teams join in 2025 moving forward what's the acc gonna do um you know you have teams like what cal and stanford just kind of left in the dust uh academically a perfect fit uh, stanford has you know years and years of um championships in, in the non- and basically the Olympic sports. Um, and so I don't think the changes are done, but maybe I'm just already immune to it because as, as weird as it is, like I kind of have the, it is what it is. I guess from a brand standpoint, like the big 10 obviously has the representation they've been longing for in terms of markets. And, you know, maybe I'll go out to, to Pasadena and 
California and or Seattle and watch Michigan play a cool road game. But yeah, it's odd. I mean, it's no longer the Big Ten. But there were days when, you know, the Big Ten was the big two and the little eight when it was actually 10 teams. It hasn't been 10 teams for years. So no. the name has been, you know, <laughs> useless for a long time. Uh, you know, what are the recent additions? Like, you know, Nebraska, you know, even like a team like Penn State, Rutgers, you know, there's a lot of teams, Maryland, a lot of teams that have joined since we started watching college football. And now it just expands even more so. so it is what it is, I guess. Mm-hmm. Do you remember the days when, like, Maryland and Rutgers, okay, those two teams joining the Big Ten, and the reaction would be only to those teams. Like, to it was specific to that move. Same thing with Nebraska. Same thing with Texas and Oklahoma. And you can't react to, like, individual moves anymore because everything is happening in waves, and it's – it's no longer just one or two teams moving at a time. Like it's handfuls of teams and everything is, it's changing by the minute there are school presidents and athletic directors who, if you believe the reporting are, are almost lost themselves. Just not sure. You know, I thought we had this deal in place. We come to the board of regents meeting and turns out something else is happening entirely. It's no longer possible to just be like, Oh no, you know, Oregon doesn't quite make sense to the Big Ten because that is way too of a narrow view of this realignment. And so that's been one of the things that stuck out to me is it's just no longer possible to look at things individually. It's all about groups. It's happening in waves and it's making it a little bit overwhelming, as I'm sure you'd agree. Yeah, it's I, I just you just look at it now as like you're basically like, I guess my expectation is it just trends towards, you know, what you see in professional sports, you know, multiple divisions. Um, you know, maybe it's down to, you know, you get your four divisions of college football, which is, you know, basically your power four conferences moving forward. Um, and that's kind of where I'm at. Like, you know, once, once Texas and Oklahoma made a move that just didn't make a ton of sense to me, even though we could kind of predict that things were heading that way. Um, you know, there's always been talk about like, oh, should Ohio State leave the Big Ten? You know, they should be an SEC team. They're too good for the Big Ten. Like, there were a lot of conversations like that a few years back. And now it's just like, you know, you got your East Coast, you know, Maryland and, and Rutgers. You know, the big statements like, oh, you know, you can tap into the New York market now, the East Coast market. And it just was so much about markets and, and money. And and now it's just like you, you form this mega conference and that's really seemingly the only focus like these moves have not like think of all the teams that won't play on ESPN now that's insane to me like we're even last year Michigan was playing on ESPN ABC um you know now you got games on Peacock like everything is just changing so much and so fast that when it becomes the wild west you just assume like hey you got your two LA teams there's the market they've been longing for you're gonna at least grab two more from that conference you're waiting on decisions from, you know, the rest of the Pac-12, which is what, four teams now? Are they done to four, four teams? teams now? Cal, four teams in the Cal Pac-12. Stanford, Oregon State, Washington State. And who knows if that's going to be true by the time this publishes. Like, even, like, it protecting rivalries. Be. Like, obviously, you don't need to be in the oh, same. Oh, who cares about the rivalries? Yeah, you don't, you don't need to be in the same conference to um, be rivals. But, you know, uh, Washington, Washington State uh, is going to have to be a non-conference game, obviously. 
you protected USC, UCLA. You know, it looks like you'll protect the Michigan, Michigan states, the, the Michigan, Ohio states. But the more the conference grows, the harder it's going to be to protect those games. Um, you know, even with a nine game conference schedule, it's going to be really tough to always play two teams because you only have seven other conference games, even if they keep nine conference games. And now you're going to have what? Like, you know, you're close, closer to 20 teams than 10. So it's going to be... <laughs> that is wild to think about. You're, you're going to go years, essentially, without playing certain teams, uh, which is like, it's it's weird to, to have that basketball, you know, probably more of a get to play everybody once and a you know, handful of teams twice. Um, maybe a little less weird than football. But yeah, I mean, unless they completely get rid of non-conference games... Uh, which I don't know that you can do, and you only play within the division or something. Uh, yeah, it's turning towards a, a professional uh, landscape in terms of of the way it's breaking out. Uh, but hey, is it is it better than legends and leaders? Like, are we are we happier now Ooh. moving forward in twenty twenty four than we were with the legends and leaders divisions? I, it, you know, maybe maybe just because of yeah, you know, I'll leave it at that. Maybe. Um, I was wondering. When does Michigan go out and play Oregon out there in the West Coast for the first time? I mean, is that like 2030? Michigan's finally making that trip out there. There are so many teams, like you said, it could be a while, not just until like these matchups happen, but until Michigan is playing that West Coast game. That'll be kind of fun to to pay attention to and just see how the schedule shakes out. But how do you see this affecting Michigan? And it's crazy. It feels like to try to make a prediction like that. And I'm talking football only because of how volatile things are. Um, who knows if USC is able to continue riding this momentum, who knows if UCLA stays down like they've been that kind of thing. But if you had to try to venture a guess, what does this mean for Michigan and football only? My initial thoughts and, and what I've been thinking about a lot is, and it's a lot to do with the current team, but after your last two seasons, going into this season, you know, I think what coaches poll number two, um, a lot of a lot of eyes on you, the, the national media, coaches, you know, you name it, thinks that you're a, a contender. This is honestly probably, um, you know, going to be the easiest year for a while you'd have to assume one because you know how things have been trending and you feel really good about the 2023 season but two like next season is already wilder than anticipated and that's before you know probably more schedule changes as of now you know michigan's got a date with texas um i think they're on the road at usc they host ucla so even if ucla is not hasn't been great. You know, it's still a, a team that you haven't hosted uh, in a long time. I don't even know the history of Michigan UCLA at the big house. Uh, you obviously have your, you know, your, your other games uh, like the Michigan state, which, you know, you'd imagine they can't get worse. They've been pretty bad, but then again, you never know. Uh, and then obviously Ohio state. And so it's like, can you increase the level of play in conference, which, I mean, you can probably guarantee that USC, especially moving conferences, like USC is going to continue to be really good. Lincoln Riley's their coach. Um, even in a Caleb Williams, less uh, Trojan era, like they're probably going to be good 
year after year and and add at least that third team. And then that's not counting out teams that have their years like Penn State and Wisconsin. Um, I think you'll always have your Big Ten teams, like, you know, not to pick on Rutgers or Illinois, but it seems like you'll always oh, have your on. teams that – Northwestern. <laughs> seems like you'll always have your teams <laughs> that, uh, you know, are very winnable games in most years. But with the playoff changing and the, the conferences changing, just a huge question mark on how – teams will respond to that and what do coaches even want to do like what what do coaches think about this i think a lot of people love it for the college football world and that's where we're focusing today but jim harbaugh already hates the ncaa does jim harbaugh stay at michigan because the ncaa dissolves or does the ncaa continue to be stupid and try to suspend for uh, lying about burger gates and so I guess you have a question mark if you're any program heading into the future because things are going to change so drastically from scheduling to you know, even just mental health, the players being on long road trips. Like it's hard to know. Uh, overrated. Don't worry about it. <laughs> it's hard to know what right? you could say. I mean, even just like commitments, like recruiting is already a mess. NIL is already a mess. Like now you're you've already got and this I think some of these things came out before it was even official. Like there was like a Washington recruiting picture with a Big Ten logo on it already. Like they're obviously plugging it because it's the reality of of moving forward. And you know, do you ha- see more guys go out west, or do you see more guys out west want to come play for other teams in the Big Ten? Like college football and college sports in general is is changing probably beyond what we can predict, and and hopefully it's more exciting than than not. But I feel really good about the 2023 season, and I think Michigan has their fair shot to, to make it back to the college football playoff. But I'd be lying if I said I was, wasn't was nervous about any year moving on uh, after this one. I think the playoff expansion will help kind of dull that transition pain you know, for conferences that get significantly more and better competition. Um, in a vacuum, you're like, gosh, how does that affect your postseason, but if the playoff is going to expand and especially if it expands past um, where we're already headed, then, you know, that, that'll definitely dull the pain there. Um, we're going to go quick question, on actually, that. quick question on that. Okay. Do you go ahead. see, I mean, obviously if it moves towards like an NFL model, you could have multi-loss teams and expanded playoff. Like I, I think you're right. Oh, yeah. It relieves the pressure of like, okay, you can lose against Texas. You can lose on the road at USC. You could have a couple of losses. And, and, and the make expanded playoff was good because it didn't the, – the, the four-team format did not incentivize at all um, playing a, a difficult non-conference schedule. And objectively, like as fans – we want those games. We want to see Michigan play Texas more often. We want the Auburn Penn state matchup more often, Ohio state, Notre Dame. That is so much fun to have in September. And it it just, the incentive wasn't there with four teams. Now it is. And things are changing because of conference realignment, but it's sort of the same principle where it's like the, the increased competition you're, you're going to be facing now. Um, isn't going to be as consequential as it was, uh, you know, and in, in the playoff era up to now. And so, I mean, conference realignment or not, I, I hope we just get more of those matchups and naturally because of realignment, 
and at least in the Big Ten, you are going to. Who doesn't want to watch Ohio State USC? You know, like that's fun. And so we're going to at least get some more of that. I mean, the schedule, and, and that's where, you know, the uncertainty comes in. But the reality is next year's schedule, and again, subject to change with the two new additions, but to have, you know, Texas, Michigan State, Ohio State, Wisconsin, uh, USC, UCLA, like what a crazy cool schedule. Like if you're a player, like those are, I mean, what, what matchups, I mean, it's like, that's like the, the custom schedule used to like in NCAA football, you know, you could like try to make your schedule like really non-conference heavy and like, it's honestly kind of turning into that like custom dynasty, like, you know, to, to have Michigan play that many big names just in 2024 alone, like, yeah, that could be a mess for college football implications, but. I mean, think about the ratings when Michigan plays Texas for the first time in a long time or, you know, Michigan USC, Michigan UCLA, let alone the matchups that are the rivalries that are already good ones. So I think exciting again, more than not, but just, I mean, just wild. It's just, I, I wouldn't have anticipated this, you know, went back, went back in the, in the volunteering days, we would have never thought something like this was on its way. Oh my goodness. No, not, not, no, no chance in the world. We're going to move on here to week zero, okay? We we crossed the 21-minute mark, and so we won't dedicate too much time to this. Big names playing on uh, August 26th before everybody else gets to kick off. 16 That's days Notre away, Dame by versus the way. Navy. 16, is that it? Gosh. 16 days. Notre Dame Navy in Dublin, Ireland. Uh, and USC is playing. Just kidding. Just kidding. I mean, I'm not. It may be that, but I mean, Notre Dame's playing this big name. That's and a big USC name. Playing cool San Jose. To, cool State. to play in Ireland too. Yeah, I like watching those games. Uh, but the biggest game, Derek, and I didn't mean to cut you off, but you got something to say. I was just gonna say, do you see what US USC San Jose State? You know, future Big Ten. Do you see what uh, network they're playing on? I didn't pay attention. Peacock. Pac-12 Network. Ah, R.I.P. <laughs> R.I.P. Yeah, uh, and, and Notre Dame, USC, big big brands in college football, obviously. But there's a game, Derek, that I will be watching with even more intensity, and that is Jacksonville State, the Gamecocks, taking on UTEP. Now that's at five thirty on August twenty sixth Eastern Time. That's the only time we recognize on this show. Uh, Derek, we've talked about this, but I'm going to throw it to you as a question. That way you can uh, introduce this. Who Who is coaching Jacksonville State these days? You know. What's um, his name? A man who I often try to. Keep going. You know, let me, let me say this. <laughs> okay. I feel like in my past – and, and I'm not a guy that like, you know, oh, I really regret, you know, this and that. But I do feel that um, I'm really good somehow at just blocking out certain things, certain people. So I, I have to be honest, man. I'm, it's Are you drawing nice. a blank? It's, it's Rich Rodriguez. And it's I, Rich Rodriguez. I, just, I feel, his... doesn't feel dirty to say. Like, it just. It does a little bit. Like no, no, literally no offense to him or his family or his awkward past, but it just like it, it's such a painful, such a painful thought, such a painful name. There's intrigue here. Jacksonville State uh, moving up to the FBS level. They're playing in Conference USA. 
and it's a good team. Now, who knows how that translates to this level, but they've got a quarterback, Derek, Zion Webb, who's entering his seventh year of college. Seven years. And a running back, Malik Jackson, who's entering his sixth year of college. That is crazy experience. I know we talk about how common this gets in the era of COVID-19 and, and the extra year. Who has heard of seven years? I can't think of another example of seven years. I mean, that's, that is that is nuts. Um, the O-line returns four starters. 16 starters in total. This may not surprise you, Derek, but, but Jacksonville State, a little bit of a dynamic offense, okay? They like to run the football. They rack up the yards. They rack up the points, okay? Run heavy, high tempo. Defensively, you know, hold on to your hat. Only two of the top six tacklers return. They've got a good cornerback duo, uh, Jamari Jemison and Jabari Mack. But other than that, it's not a defense built to compete in the trenches to win those physical matchups. That's going to give them some trouble against UTEP. What's your impression of Rich Rod's Jacksonville State team here as they enter their first year at this level of football? Well, you know, week one... And I say that half-jokingly. I don't expect you to have studied the Jacksonville State. I was going to say, you know, a week one after a jump, um, you know, maybe a little intimidating, um, but... I, it's at home. Yeah, I mean, you, you, you're still playing the same football you were playing a year ago, and, and obviously with players that have been playing the game for 10 years uh, in college. So it uh, should be really comfortable for them to to make this jump to the FBS from the FCS, but you know, a team that again, a nine and two team, um, but you know, a national, they made the national championship, um, 2015. It looks like, um, this is a team that can win. And Are you just it, pulling all this right now. Yeah. And you know what? Rich Rod, if there's one thing that man can do, it is draw up some dynamic offensive plays. That's there's no yeah. questioning that. He just has historically some of the worst defenses in college football. And so if this ends up being a track meet, you know, it's got to be a Jacksonville State game. Uh, Jacksonville, yeah. by the way, you know, obviously you got the Jaguars. Uh, beautiful, beautiful complex that was just built. Um, you know, I think that Jacksonville State fans probably just drooling at the fact that they've got a guy like a Rich Rod back, uh, you know, because these coaches jump, you know. His, his goal is probably to get back to a West Virginia or a Michigan or an Arizona. Uh, but the reality is, is he's got to win some games at Jacksonville State and the FBS, but probably a, a slaughterhouse of a matchup. I don't give UTEP much of a chance. Actually, I'm looking at the preview on the UTEP website right now. Um, Interesting. And they're, they're talking really highly about Rich Rod, which – Again, as as this gamesmanship, uh, you know what what they don't do is, I didn't realize that they were talking about his uh, West Virginia, and then it does say wow. here Rodriguez would depart to Michigan after the two thousand seven that long ago. Wow, after the two thousand seven season where he struggled to find his groove, mm. to say the least. <laughs> That's one way to put it. Yeah, struggled to find his groove. Uh, before we sign off, Derek, do you want a little fun fact about UTEP? Derek. That they uh, have Texas Western on their jerseys? No. Okay, that's fun fact, no. too. 
So they're called the Miners, right? Yeah. But their mascot is named Paydirt Pete. I did not know That's that. That's got to be one of the more unique ones out there. Let me, uh, Paydirt Pete. Take a look. Hey, Paydirt Pete is something. That's a great looking mascot. That's a dude, isn't it? Like he's a. Well, I don't mean that like scientifically. I mean like. Yeah, like a, like a Don Brown reputation. dude type way. Yeah. <laughs> Tell you what, just a lovely. You know, I come from the higher ed world. Lovely program they have here, the Pay Dirt Promise. Oh um, my god! Honestly, like it. Let's just. Maybe this is a little questionable, but I'm just going to read it. But it's on the site. Um, At the twenty-eight thirty-five mark, go ahead. It is the Pay Dirt Promise, and it is for family incomes of seventy-five thousand or less. So it basically allows students and families to send a student to Utah without having to pay out of pocket. But the pay dirt promise? I mean, you're hitting pay dirt. Yeah. I see it. Okay. I think it's there. Okay. It's there. It's there. We, we don't need to debate this. You're wrong. It's there. Well, the priority deadline to say? apply uh, for next fall, if you're interested, by the way, March 15th, 2024. Okay. There you heard it. March 15th, 2024. Get on it if you got a college-age student or somebody who's about to go to college. Um, I hope it's not in state only. You m- check the details. Don't don't take this rambling as um, okay. So the priority deadline is not in state only, but the Pater program is. Lord, okay, that's a little confusing. Uh, go is. read the details if that's higher ed for you in a nutshell. Confusing. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, next week, Derek, when we get back, we'll be two weeks from i mean we'll basically be what if we do it the same day 16 days away from michigan football yeah so yeah so uh why don't we get back and start talking about games wait do we have to give me some notice here are we doing a two week before uh when are we running through the predictions when when can our listeners i'm saying why don't we do that next week next week do you need more time than a week i'm ready right now um well, we're going to hold on to it for next week. But yeah, we'll run through some predictions. I'm ready. Get this thing going. All right. No research per usual. It, no, never. Oh my God. Can you imagine being prepared? I've never no been way. prepared. And, and I'll just remind you that uh, in 2021, uh, I came in with preparing nothing. You came in after you had texted me multiple times that you were really, really researching and, and really thinking about it. And I think you predicted seven wins. That is a thing that happened um, two years ago, which obviously is not long enough ago that Derek would forget it. So it does come up from time to time. My memory is really I'm good post-pandemic. I'm going to keep doing research, okay? That's the only thing I know how to do. I feel it, it's cathartic for me. That's what it is. Uh, but we'll get back next week, make some predictions, uh, really get into this season. Won't be any fluff anymore. We probably won't be talking about Jacksonville State. We'll just be talking about Michigan football, getting ready for the season. That, that sound good? Sounds great to me. All right. Well, we'll catch you next time then here on the Go Blue Crew. Take care out there and go blue. Go blue. Pedro Promise.